Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. On this, what we call Ministry Involvement Sunday. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, if you're a guest, we say welcome. I hope it won't be your last time. We're so glad that you're here. Um, today and next Sunday, we call, we do it once a year, Ministry Involvement Sunday, where we, we talk a little bit about some of the opportunities to plug into the church. I'm not going to talk about those in detail during my message. I'm going to bring what I believe is a biblical message from Scripture. But it's an emphasis in that. And I'd like you to turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians is a, what we call a Pauline epistle. What that means, the word epistle just simply means a letter, and we say it's Pauline because it was written by the Apostle Paul. So it's, it's simply a letter written by Paul. Paul, um, I don't, we're not going to go through his whole life story, but uh, was a man that hated God, hated, hated Jesus, hated the church, and consented to the death of Christians. He was a persecutor of the church, was miraculously and gloriously saved, his life was transformed, and he became a preacher of the gospel and, and a, a really a leader of the church. And Paul wrote more, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, penned more books of the Bible than any other human. The Apostle Paul did. Much of the New Testament was penned by Paul. And much of them are letters to churches just like you and me. Now, if it were today, they might send an email or they might send us a text message or do an Instagram Live or it might be a Facebook post or an online course. But in those days, they didn't have all of those opportunities. So Paul, would, would, he would go to different places. He was a missionary evangelist going to different places, planting churches. And then he would go to the next place and preach the gospel and get another church started. And then he would sometimes stop back by to visit or he would get reports uh, from, from other places, uh, from people about how churches were doing. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, what you find is it's a church that was not doing very well. Corinth in Greece, it was the second largest city in Greece. It was a wicked city. It was a city with all kinds of sin. And you, if you, you can imagine it, they were doing it in Corinth. It, these people had been saved out of these wicked lifestyles. And in the church, some of that sin had begun to creep in. And there, were, there was unfaithfulness in marriage and really some wicked sins and, and different things happening. And Paul addresses those. And, and the book of 1 Corinthians is a book where Paul is trying to teach these, the, the, these, this church and these members Different instructions for how a church family should operate and how Christians should live. In the chapter where we find ourselves, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, this chapter in particular, he approaches how each individual church member should approach their part in the church. And he uses, we're going to see this morning, an analogy that we all understand. He likens the church to a, he calls it the body of Christ. He says, we are the representatives, or the, while, while Christ is in heaven, we are the physical body, the physical representation of Christ. And then he uses the analogy of a physical body for a church. 
And we understand that. We understand the way that bodies work and when they're healthy, how they're strong and they can accomplish much. And when they're not healthy and when there's great sickness or hurt or disease that that, that body can't do anything. We, we, just, we, we say things like, I've been knocked out for three days. We're just, we're just gone. We're of no value. We're, we're no good when there's sickness that's raging in the body. And he uses this physical analogy for a very spiritual thing to teach us about how the church should operate. Kind of our, our first text verse, and we're going to look throughout a good bit of this chapter this morning. But would you read 1 Corinthians chapter number 12? And I'm going to bring you a message this morning entitled, What Kind of Member Are You? On Ministry Involvement Sunday, what kind of member are you? Would you read 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 27? Let's read that aloud. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, there should be one in the pew rack in front of you. I always encourage folks to follow along. If you have an app on your, on your, a Bible app on your phone, I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, beginning in verse number 27. Let's read that. Ready? Begin. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. He's talking to a church, and of course it's being read to the members. He says, you, corporately, as a church, you are the body of Christ, and then members in particular. Just like you would say to me, who is that? If somebody pointed to, to my body, standing, who's that over there? Oh, that's, that's Pastor Ryan. Well, that's who I am corporately, and then you would say, what does he have in his hand? Or did, what, did you hear me with your ears? There are members in particular, a part of this corporate body. This morning I want to look at the biblical description of a church member, and I want you this morning and I want me this morning to answer the question of what kind of a member are you? What kind of a member am I? Biblically looking at these things. Before we get into that question though, we need to first ask the question, are you even a member? Some of you, this is your first time in church, you say, this message is not for me. I'm not a member of Liberty Baptist. Others have been coming for weeks or for months and, and you've been a regular attendee, but you're not a member. What does it mean to be a church member? Not just at our church, but any. And here's the reality is that different churches define this differently and different churches have different processes for this. Uh, for, for us here at Liberty, we do our best to go back to the New Testament as the example for us and to look at biblical principles of what do we see in Scripture as it relates to church membership. Well, we see a couple of things. Number one, we see that, that it was God's pattern that those that became believers did unite with a church and became members of a church. This idea of, well, I go to this church on this day and that church over there. And, there. and I'm not saying I visit different churches and I preach in different churches. I'm not saying you can never go to another church. But this idea that we just kind of go around whatever field. No, in the Bible, what we see very clearly, Paul would write directly to specific members. It was understood these people were a part of that church. What does it mean to be a member? Uh, again, it, it, what do we find in the New Testament? Look at verse number 12. In verse number 12, the Bible says, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are still one body. So also is Christ. Notice this, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And here's the reality, more important, before we get into what kind of a member are you, more importantly than are you a member of Liberty Baptist Church, is this question, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? 
Because what is it for us? Now, every ch different churches and different denominations might do things differently. But for us, the example we find in, in the New Testament is that being a Christian always comes before and is far more important than being a church member. Far more important than if you ever joined Liberty Baptist Church or any other church. Have you joined the family of God by faith, through grace? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Has there been a time and a place that you've accepted him as Savior? Are you a Christian? And for us, then, what we see in the Bible is, is, is the first requirement for church membership is salvation. A time when what Jesus called, you were spiritually born again. Again, it uses a lot of times Christ used physical analogies because we understand them. And he would say, you, you've been born physically, you need to be born again. A time and a place when new life came into your life. That, that was on my birthday, that was the time and a place when I entered into this world. And then on May 22nd, 1988, as a nine-year-old boy, I accepted Christ as my Savior as I walked into a Bible-preaching church with my single mom on that Sunday morning in May. And, and I was born again. So what does it mean to be a member? Are you a member? Is there a church that you're a, a part of, you united with? What does it mean here to be a member? The first requirement is salvation. And then in the Bible, we see the next requirement is biblical baptism. Speaking of the early church in Jerusalem, we see the pattern in Acts chapter number 2. Then they that gladly received his word, salvation, were what, church? They were what? They were what? Baptized. And the same day were added unto them, so there's already an existing assembly, an existing membership, about 3,000 souls. So we see this pattern. So in our church, if you trust Christ as Savior, and it's been a couple of weeks since we baptized, but, but often there, we'll, we'll baptize on a Sunday morning. And when somebody makes a profession of faith of salvation and then follows the Lord and believers' baptism, don't let me confuse you. We don't believe in baptismal regeneration. You don't have to be baptized to be a Christian. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. The thief on the cross, as Christ was dying, was never baptized. And Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. So baptism is not a requirement to be a Christian, but the example we see, it's a public identification. Just like, and you've heard the illustration, a wedding ring is a public identification that I'm not ashamed to identify of having a relationship with my wife. Now, I can take this off, and I'm as married now as I was 10 seconds ago. It's just a public identification, but it's me saying I'm not ashamed to identify with Tiffany. And baptism is us standing up and saying I'm not ashamed to say I identify with Jesus Christ. And so in our church, biblical salvation and biblical baptism from the pattern we see in the New Testament are the requirements for, uh, for membership. You're going to see, I think, five or six people join our church this morning that are not going to be baptized these are people that have been biblically saved and biblically baptized in churches of like faith and practice. And they have moved here to serve with us and they've joined, coming to join our church. And we've met with them, we know their testimony, and then we accept them into the body based on what we call a statement of faith or a profession of faith that they've been biblically saved, biblically baptized in a church that would believe the scriptural principles. So... If you've made a profession of your faith in Christ alone as Savior, and, and if you follow the Lord and believer's baptism, for us, you're added to the church family. Before we answer the title question of today's message, each one must first answer the question, are you a Christian? And then, are you a church member? And let me just say this again, every Christian should be a faithful, involved, committed church member somewhere. It's God's plan. God did not intend for the Christian life to be lived in isolation. 
He did not intend, well, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there will I be. I, I just gather with a friend out on the lake on, on every Sunday or whatever it might be. And I'm not against going on the lake and having prayer with a friend. God, it doesn't have to be a large church. God can, can work in small churches, medium-sized churches, large churches. But you and I need a church family. It's all through Scripture. There are so many things, and I don't have time to get into it, that, that God intended for the church to be in our lives. Some of you today uh, should be saved. You're here and you don't know Christ as Savior. This should be the day of your salvation. Others should consider uniting with Liberty as your home church, as members. And if you have questions about that, we'd love to meet with you and talk about that. But once we have that settled, uh, again, going back to the idea that Christians should be a part of a body, using the analogy, you don't see thumbs just walking along the, the sidewalk by themselves. You don't see hands just other than like in the Adams family or something. You know, you don't see hands, hands just kind of at the checkout line. And you don't see legs going to pick up their mobile order at Starbucks. The members of the body to be healthy have to be connected to the body. And Paul makes it very clear here in another epistles that as Christians, we need to be connected to the body of Christ. We need to be plugged in to the body of Christ. And there's great health that comes from that. So once we have those things settled, we need to answer the question, what kind of member am I? When you think of the word member in 2022 in American society, you think of the word membership. I'm a member of this organization. I have, I'm a card-carrying member of something. I have membership in that. When you think of membership, I want you to think about what comes to mind when you think of membership. How many of you are, like me, old enough to remember American Express's advertising slogan in the 1980s? Membership has its, anybody remember? Privileges, right? Membership has its privileges. And they had commercials that showed some traveler where everybody was waiting in line and they couldn't get, get, get on the plane, but somehow this guy got in first class for free because he carried an American Express card. And they had these commercials that there's a long taxi line in the rain, but because he had an American Express card, they had a taxi that came right up and got him. I don't know if that ever really worked. I didn't have an American Express in the 80s. I was, I was still watching the, uh, um, uh, Transformers and He-Man and stuff. So I'm not sure if that worked or not, but that was their slogan. And it really is a part of our mentality. Membership has its privileges. I pay my dues, my annual fee, I get my rewards. I pay my dues, I get my perks. I pay for that membership, I get the social status that comes with being a member of that group. What about, uh, I, I might, if someone asks me, what memberships are you a part of? I might say, I'm a triple A member. And what's the main benefit of being a AAA member? Any other AAA members in the house this morning? Few of us. Man, AAA is making some good money off of us. If, if, put your hands back up because if you're not, you want to know who these people are. They can help you with a free toe if they're broken down, all right? <laughs> Look around, see who they are, get their cell number, and they'll come. I've got, I think we have two memberships in our house, so we've got like six toes a year. What, what, what happens there? I pay my dues, and what do I get? The biggest one for me, maybe the, the, the AAA is... A agent would tell me all kinds of other good things I get, but the really the only one that I know of that I get is roadside assistance. If my battery dies or I get a flat tire or my car breaks down, I can get it towed for free um, three times a year. So what's the idea of membership? I pay my dues, I get my perks. I pay my dues, I get the services that they offer me. What about, I would also tell you, our family, and we have been for many years, I might say I'm a Costco member. Any other Costco members in here? Costco members? Any Sam's Club members? Costco's got it. The Costco's have it. I'm a Costco member. What does that mean? It means I pay them, and I pay them my membership dues, 
and I get the right to go in for the one item my wife sent me for, and I get to come out with $500 worth of things I didn't know I needed. That's what it means. You cannot go into Costco and buy one item. It's humanly impossible. It's never happened in the history of Costco, all right? No one has ever done it. Don't try to tell me you've done it. I don't believe you. You cannot go into Costco for one item. There's just too many cool things, and I'm going to go in. I don't know that we've ever gone in and spent less than $100. Like when we go, we, we spend the GDP of some small countries for our family of seven on our groceries. So what does it mean? I get the privilege to go and get some items in bulk that might be discounted from other places. And, of course, it means I also have access to one of the greatest things about this great country, the free samples at Costco. Doesn't that look good right there? Let's all go to Costco after church and just walk around. And the, It doesn't matter what the samples are. You're going to take it. They could have uncooked hot dogs on a toothpick, and you're going to grab one, and you're going to eat it. Things that you would never eat, goat cheese mixed with beef stew, and you're like, oh, this is so good. And just eat every sample that they offer. And what, what is, what is that, what, what's the idea of Costco membership? I pay my dues, and I get my privileges. And by the way, this is the modern mindset of membership. I find the place or the program or the organization that has everything that I'm looking for and I pay what it costs to join so that I can enjoy the benefits of that organization. What do we call this? That is a consumer mindset. It's a consumer mindset. It might be a country club. It might be a social club. It might be, a, it might be, it might be some political club. It might, whatever it might be, I pay my dues and I get access to these meetings and I get access to these people and I get access to these resources and I get access to this store to buy cheaper things at Costco. And the idea for membership in, a, in, in, in modern society is it's a consumer mindset. Does that organization have something Good to see you, Alan and Christina Wong. Welcome back from, I just got married there. Good to see you guys. Does that organization have what I'm looking for? I'll pay my dues so I can get my perks. Sadly, this mindset has found its way into our view of the church, I believe. And we're going to see in scripture this morning that it was never intended to be that way. In America today, unfortunately, I believe we have millions and millions of people who attend a church today as a consumer. We look for the church that has the music that we like best, that has the best children's programs, that offers the best social opportunities with the pastor that entertains us or motivates us the best. We drop our money in the offering box in the back or set up an online offering. We slide in, come be entertained for an hour, have our kids entertained. Well, when I'm preaching an hour and a half, have our kids entertained for an hour and a half, and then we leave. Never truly serving, giving of ourselves, or plugging into the life of the church. We pay our dues, our offering, to receive our spiritual perks and benefits. We are, too often I fear, consumer Christians. What is the biblical model for church membership? The picture is that of a human body, a totally, he says, uses the word member here. You are members of a body, but being a member of a body is far different than being a member of Costco. It's far different than being a member of American Express. It's not about what rewards can I consume, what perks can I get, what social standing can I gain by being a member of that organization. Oh no, being a member of the church is far different, a member of the body. It's rather than being a Christian consumer, God calls us to be, uh, to be committed contributors. 
That is really the question behind what kind of member are we? Are we Christian consumers or are we committed contributors? And when I say contributor, I'm not even talking about the financial side of this. So don't say, oh, pastor's about to ask for a big offering. We, again, we always think of the word contribution almost as our finances. Now that's a part of God's plan for the believer in, in their relationship to the local church, but that's not my message this morning. I'm talking about the difference between sitting and just receiving my perks, or am I plugged in and I'm committed to, you, to, to yes, receive what God's given me, to use it to make the body more healthy. He says a member of the church is like an individual member of the body. Look at verse number 12. We already read verses 12 and 13. Look at verse 14, if you will. Remember he said in 12 and 13 how we get in, whether Jews or Gentiles. Verse 14, notice what he says. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Can my foot just decide to go on its own? No. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. We set ourselves in the body, if we're not careful, for how it pleases us. He sets us in the body to be used to bring honor and glory to him. For I would have pleased him. Look at verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. What is he saying? We are individual body parts that are connected around the gospel of Christ. And what do body parts do? They plug in and they contribute to the overall health of the body. My body right now, I don't understand it all, but there are hundreds, if not thousands of things taking place right now in my body where everything is working together to keep me alive, to allow my brain to hopefully function so that I can hopefully say something logical that would help people. My, my body, they're all working together, my brain and my eyes and my hands and my feet and, and, and my, my lungs and my heart. And all of this is happening subconsciously working together for the health of my body so that I can fulfill my purpose. My hand right now is contributing to what my body is doing. It's receiving, yes. It is consuming. Blood flow is coming to my hand. It's receiving, but it's taking what it's receiving to contribute so that I can hold up my Bible. Or so that I can click to the next page on my notes. The hand takes what it's been given and then it contributes what it can. It takes those, it doesn't just selfishly consume, it uses them to contribute. Every part of my body is taking what it has received and using that to contribute to the overall health and purpose of my whole body. So what kind of a member are you? Are you a Christian consumer or a committed contributor? Are you only taking from what other members are contributing or are you doing your part for the overall health of the body? I want this body to be a healthy local church body. You'll hear at times we'll say the body of Christ here at Liberty. That comes from this passage, comes from the New Testament. I want this to be a healthy body. What are four signs? What does a healthy body do? How do we know if we're the right kind of church members, biblically speaking? I want to give you four signs of a healthy body this morning. Four signs of a healthy body. Number one, what, what do we know about a healthy body? Number one, a healthy body has members that grow together. You see it in verse 13, no matter our religious background, Jews or Gentiles, we grow together. No matter our giftings, eyes or ears, we grow together. No, no matter our strengths, foot or hand, we grow together. No matter our social standing, he said in verse 13, bond or free, the church is made up of all generations, of all socioeconomic statuses, of all, of all nationalities. It's made up of all kinds of people. The church should be a, reflect, a reflection of the community around it. 
And, and it doesn't matter. Some are college graduates and some have PhDs and others are high school dropouts and some are, are business leaders and others are, 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 are out of work right now. And, and you can just go down the line. Some are short and some are tall and it's all these differences, but God, a healthy body is everyone united together, growing together. Think about my body. What would have happened if somewhere around the age of one or two, my leg just stopped growing? This one leg. And everything else grew to the size it is now, but my leg was the same size when I was two years old. That would affect every aspect of every activity of every day of my life. I would probably need either some kind of a prosthetic or crutches or a wheelchair. If, if one member didn't grow with the rest of the members, we have a problem. And we see here a healthy body, the members grow together. Why do we have corporate gatherings? Tonight at five o'clock, we'll gather again. Why do we have church at five o'clock? And, and uh, we have community groups launching, not this week, but next on a few different nights, most of them on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, a couple other off nights. And you can see that information on that handout when, when we came in. But why do we have community groups? Why? So that the church can grow together. Why do we go through, right now we're going through Genesis on Sunday mornings. Why do we go through a book of the Bible together? So the church can grow together. We can grow in relationship. We can grow in fellowship. We can grow in spiritual maturity. We can grow in our knowledge of scripture. The church growing together. Singing together. Praying together. Doing life together. So here's the question. You're a church member. Are you growing with your body? What if, your, what if your mouth just decided, I'm only going to work every third day? You can eat, you can, you can open your mouth, you can talk every third day. How would your life go? You have a pretty unhealthy body, right? And yet we have where, oh, I'm going to be there and a few weeks from now I'll be back. And, oh, if that, that sounds good. I kind of like that, that program. Maybe I'll jump into that. And, yeah, I'll, I'll come when, when it's something that I like. And are you growing together? A healthy church body grows together. Are you plugged into the life and growing in community and growing in relationship? Our church, uh, some, sometimes I'll hear people say about a, a, a church somewhere or I'll talk, well, you know, whatever this is different or that's not this or it, the, the, the good old days when our church was 50 people, and I'm not talking about Liberty, but I've heard people talking. I don't think it, almost no one, maybe the, the parks would be some of the only ones that were here. Actually, our church, I don't know if our church was ever really 50 people. So nobody here would say that uh, our church started bigger than 50. Uh, but what, what has happened sometimes is the church has grown and the body hasn't grown, the members, some of the members haven't grown with it. A healthy church has members that grow together. Number two, what does a healthy body do? Not only do members grow together, but members give together. They contribute their part. What happens if one of your body parts goes on strike? Stops working. Depending on which body part it is, you're going to either call or get rushed by ambulance to a, a hospital. A few years ago on a Saturday night, late on a Saturday night, Ashlyn was having a, um, some stomach pains and was really in pain. And, and she said, Dad, it really hurts. And so we ended up middle of the night, rushed her to the ER. And I think it was the appendix. I think it was an appendectomy or the gallbladder. You can lose both of those, right? She lost one of them. I don't remember which one. I think it was the appendix. But one of them, that body part stopped giving. Stop doing what it was supposed to do. And then talking to the doctor, they're like, we don't, actually don't really know what this one's supposed to do, so it's okay to lose it. But, um, but it stopped. And when a body part stops doing what it's supposed to do, it affects the entire health of the church. A healthy body has members that give together. Now, they give differently. 
They contribute differently. My hands do different things than my brain does. My brain does different things than my heart does. My heart does different things than my foot does. Every body part does something different, but they each do their part. That's a healthy body. It gives together. A biblical church member should lovingly and willingly do what we can for the body of Christ, for other members, for the sake of the body as a whole. When there's a virus in your body, what happens? A bunch of other cells rush to that spot to try to help you get over that sickness. Other body parts will go into low power mode so that your body can have a as much energy as possible to fight that sickness. You'll go to sleep and you'll sleep a lot. Why? Because your body's trying to conserve energy so that it can fight that sickness. The body, when it knows there's a sickness, it rushes to that and does what it can to give and they give together to bring the body back to health. What happens if our body, if one of the members stops giving, if the legs stop giving, they stop doing what they're supposed to do, what do we call that? That person is paralyzed. If the legs and the arms stop doing what they're supposed to do, what do we say? That's a quadriplegic. If my eyes stop doing what they're supposed to do, that is a blind person. The ears stop doing what they're supposed to do. And, and now, a blind person, a quadriplegic, a paraplegic can all do great things, but it affects the overall health of the body. It affects the daily life. There are some things that you can do with that, with that condition and other things that you can't do. And you need, and if my ears stop working, I, it's, I'm deaf. If my heart stops giving, I'm dead. They, that's their job. And the more members in our church and, and the more that our, our members are doing their job, the healthier, the stronger the body is. The more members of our church that are plugged in, that are giving together, the healthier and the stronger and the, the, the farther reaching this body of Christ is going to be. Paul said also in Acts 2, a few verses later of the one I just uh, read to you, it says, and all that were believed and, and had all, all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. What did the early church do? They gave together. What do I have that can benefit another believer? What do I have that can benefit the health of the church? How can I help? What can I sacrifice to make God's work move forward? That was the picture of the church. Number three, number three, what's a healthy body? Four signs of a healthy body. Number one, we grow together. We give together. Number three, we serve together. Look at verse 21, if you will, please. We serve together. Verse number 21 and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. We need everybody. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, everybody notices those, but God hath tempered the body together. He's put the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Every member has a part to play. Well, I'm not, the, I'm not this. I, I don't sing the solos. I'm not the pastor. I'm not the... By the way, if all we had here was a pastor, this would be a terrible church. This would be a, a sorry excuse for a church. There are hundreds of people that contribute to the work of the church at Liberty Baptist Church that do things to make it possible that we can reach people and help people and change lives. All of those, earlier it says, if the whole eye were seeing, then where were the hearing? And I always think, it says, if the whole body were seeing, if the whole body were an eye, what would it look like? And I always think it would look like Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. That's what it would look like. But that's not what the church is supposed to look like. It's a whole bunch of different people that do a whole bunch of different things, and we do it all together for the health and the strength 
of the body. There are people in our church who clean and people who take care of babies and people who run bus routes and others who sing in the choir and some who come down to volunteer in the office and some who communicate with our missionaries and people who go out on visitation every week and some that canvass neighborhoods with gospel literature and others that work in the finance office and teachers and prayer warriors and, and, and uh, those that lead community groups and those that work in the live stream and the sound booth and, and the list goes on and on and the rescue mission and down in Los Angeles and, and others that are prayer warriors, people with great gifts of mercy and giving. That's why we have out in the lobby service teams. We have community groups and service teams. Community groups, uh, we're going to have about 15 of them. They're listed on that insert when you came in. 15 of them launching next week, not this week, but next. 15 groups that meet together. Why? So that we can grow together. And then service teams. These are places where you can plug in. And most of our service teams, we're not asking people to give a 30-hour-a-week commitment. Most of our service teams, it's about a one-hour-a-week commitment to be plugged into a service team, to lead a community group, or to sing in the choir, or to work in children's ministry, or to take a, a shift in the nursery, or whatever it might be, to help with our outreach as we're canvassing every door in Newport Beach and then in Orange County. It, it, most of them, it's about a one, maybe two-hour commitment during the week. Why do we do that? Because he says here, the body needs every part, every member doing its part. Every member, the, the head needs the foot, the hand needs the heart. We all need each other and we all have a part to play. I'm not going to take the time, but earlier in chapter 12, he goes on and he lists. He says, everyone has different spiritual giftings. Everyone has different spiritual gifts and you're supposed to use them in the body. You have different things to bring to the work of God, and you're supposed to use them for the glory of God. I challenged our staff. We were in a two-day staff training time, our annual staff orientation with our staff of about 45 this week. And I challenged every one of them. I said every staff member should be doing something in service through the local church that they're not paid for. Something that's not a part of their job description. Why? Because I don't just want a bunch of hired servants paid. I'm here because I have to be here. No, the heart from leadership needs to be, how can I serve? How can I plug in? Above and beyond my job description, what can I do to help over here? Do you have a regular place of service? If you don't, two things are happening. One, you're missing out on some unbelievable joys and blessings from serving. And two, the body of Christ at liberty isn't as strong as it could be and should be. It's not as healthy as it could be. Do you have a regular place of service? This Sunday and next after the service are great times to talk to service team leaders and different areas about different areas and, and begin to use your gifts for the Lord. Lastly, number four, healthy bodies have. Number four, members that stay together. Look at verse 25. Would you read verse 25 aloud with me? 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Let's read verse 25 aloud. Ready? Begin. That there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. What does he say? There should be no schism. There should be no division. There should be no discord. There should be no sickness, if you will. I'm not talking about people getting sick. I'm talking about spiritual sickness, that cancer that is everybody kind of vying and jockeying for their own opinions and preferences and, and what they want. No, he says, he says, let every member do their part. God put us all together. Notice what he says, that there be no schism or division. We stay together. Verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. If somebody has a great victory, we're not 
talking them down. We're excited for them. If somebody's going through a deep trial, we rally around them. There's a unity. Now ye, verse 27, are the body of Christ and members in particular. What does he say? That there be no schism. Stay together. Stay unified. There's a great power, a great health, a great joy that comes from a unified church. And by the way, by the way, that doesn't mean that there's never a, a hurt to the body, but the body still stays together. What would happen if a member of your body left your body every time it got hurt? Every time it got tired? When it didn't, just didn't feel like doing its part anymore? And by the way, that happens in church ministry all the time. People get hurt and they leave the body. And then they get hurt and maybe they leave the next body or they leave church altogether. What would happen in your body? No, he gives the picture here. We're there to care for one another. If they're hurting, we care for them. If they're rejoicing, we rejoice with them. But we stay together. There's a unity of church. What if my right hand, anybody ever done this with your right hand, took a hammer and smashed a finger on your left hand? Anybody ever been there? All right. What happened if my left thumb said, forget that, that right hand hurt me. I'm never talking to him again. I'm never working with him. And I went to fold my hands. He's like, nope, can't fold my hands. And, and, and what happened if, if, if you know, my, my right index finger poked my eye one time and my eye said, forget that, I'm never opening again. No, I got hurt by somebody in the body. I'm never serving this body again. I got hurt by another member. And, and, and if, if this member just decided to do its own thing while I'm trying to talk and it's just constantly, what would happen? That would be pretty distracting, right, if I was trying to preach and this body didn't work together. What does he say here? That there be no schism in the body. No schism. And here, may I say this this morning? Stay in the same church body long enough and you will get hurt. Just like if you stay married long enough, you will get hurt. And you'll hurt your spouse. Stay in the same church body long enough, you will get poked in your spiritual eye. You might get bruised or even need some spiritual stitches from a deep wound. But God wants us to find unity together that there be no schism, no unhealthy divisions. A healthy body has people that choose to stay together in spite of hurts. They choose to stay together in spite of hurts. Isn't it interesting? What chapter are we in right now? 1 Corinthians chapter number, what am I reading from? 1 Corinthians chapter what? 12. What comes after 12, church? Anybody know what 1 Corinthians 13 is about? We call it the love chapter. Isn't it interesting when talking about the body of Christ and staying together and serving together that he then goes on to the next chapter and says, here's the kind of biblical love you're going to need if you're going to be able to do this. You're going to need to learn to forgive, to believe the best in each other, to love each other. The, the love chapter comes right after his teaching, his writing about being a part of a church. Uh, maybe it's coincidental or maybe God knew we would need those two chapters together. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, in, in spite of hurts, and by the way, our members all stay together in my body in spite of differences. My members stay together in spite of differences. Pastor Trudell, I think, I wasn't here, I was at a, at a ministry meeting um, for a 24-hour trip, but I believe he talked about this on Tuesday night about the differences in the church and not comparing yourselves and giving grace to one another. But did you know that a healthy body stays together in spite of differences? And they're not, the, he says here that the, the, the uncomely part shouldn't criticize the comely parts and vice versa. We should give honor. We should do those things. You know that my cardiovascular system loves the treadmill? And my legs don't agree? They have differences of opinion on some things. 
Most of my body says, you don't need the treadmill. My heart, my doctor, my, 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 my cardiovascular system says, you need more exercise, as you get, especially as you're getting older. You need to stand up and get out and do something. My body doesn't always agree on, on everything we should do. My body has differences of opinions at times. You know that my mouth loves spicy Mexican food? My stomach doesn't always have the same opinion. Taco Bell seems like a really good, that's not spicy Mexican food, but that's just, that's not even Mexican food, but it is what it is. Taco Bell, I often say this, Taco Bell's a lot like sin. It seems so enjoyable at the moment, and it always brings regret at the end. Always brings pain and regret at the end. Am I right? Can I get a witness? You know, at times, my mind thinks Taco Bell's a good idea. My digestive system never agrees. But they stay together in spite of differences. My body stays together. My brain likes naps. Actually, the whole body agrees on that one, so we're good. No, we're, we're good. Here's the, here's the illustration. A church body isn't always going to agree on every single thing. There will be some things, and that's where we have to remember, are we the body of Ryan or the body of Christ? Am I here for how I can be served and for my consumption, or am I here to use my time, my talents, my treasures to bring honor and glory to God and to bring a blessing to those around me, to see the body healthy and reaching people? There will be some things that some parts of the body like more than others, but we stay together. Why? Because the gospel of Christ brings unity and peace and love, and the health of the body is more important than my preferences. I'm not talking about compromise over doctrine. I'm talking about you. You get a few hundred people together in a church, and you're, you're, if you took a poll, you're not going to be able to agree on the color of the carpet, and you can find something to fight about at all times, but a healthy body, a healthy church is going to say, I'm not going to fight about those things that are, that are not core doctrines. We're going to rally around the gospel of Christ. At times, I may have to limit my liberty. At times, I may have to give grace to somebody else. At times, so that we can be a healthy body and move forward, staying together for the glory of God with a biblical Christ-centered unity. A gospel-shaped unity and love overrides our differences. Whether Jew or Greek, bond or free, head or foot, eye or ear, we stay together in spite of our differences. And it leads to long-term faithfulness. And let me say this morning that great churches are built over decades, not days. And if a church is constantly, and I, I know some people move away and God leads people, others and others go out to serve in different places. I know that our church isn't going to look the same 10 years from now. It's not going to have the exact same membership 10 years from now that it has today. I get it. There's, there's physical things and, and family things. and I, I get it. I understand the realities of life. But here's the reality. The more of us that commit to stay, the stronger the church will be and the more we can do for the gospel of Christ in Orange County and around the world. Christian consumers or committed contributors. People plugging in, jumping in, and deciding to say, stay, to serve, to give, to grow. It takes sacrifice and commitment, not spare time and pocket change. So what kind of a church member are you? Before we worry about that, are you a Christian this morning? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? If you are, are you a member of a church? If not, maybe that's God's next step for you is to plug into this church or, or if you're from somewhere else, a church where you can serve him faithfully. Are you growing with your church? Healthy, healthy families, a healthy body has members that grow together. Are you giving of yourself and your resources for the health of the body? Are you serving? Healthy bodies have members that serve together. 
Are you anchored, faithful, consistent? Why do we step out of our Genesis series for this message? Well, as I mentioned earlier, it's Ministry Involvement Sunday, where we sign up for groups and teams. We have about 30 of our groups and teams represented, maybe more, 30 or 40 represented out there in the lobby. And my prayer is that many of you will take this biblical admonition, this biblical challenge, and you will say, you know what? I've maybe been leaning a little too much on the Christian consumer side. I'm a Christian, I'm a Costco member Christian, and I need to be a physical body member Christian. I need to plug into a body, not carry around a membership card, getting, paying my dues to get my perks. Jumping in, and we, we, we have community groups. I think we have that logo there, community groups and service teams. And my prayer is that many of you will decide to sign up for one of those community groups, to grow together in relationships, in scriptural knowledge, in application, finding one of those 15 groups that are launching the first week of September at different days and different times, building relationships, launching. We're launching a brand new children's program on Wednesday nights. It's going to be incredible. And you'll have your kids there, and maybe some of you will serve in that. And, and, and Pastor Caleb and his children seem to be working on this for months, and they've done all kinds of custom orders and different things. We're launching. And why, why do we do all of that? Because we want to grow together. We want to give together. We want to serve together. And I pray that we want to stay together. We have community groups. And then out there we have, and you'll see the clipboards. You can sign up on an app. And by, by the way, by signing up, you're not committing your third-born child. What you're saying is, I'm planning to maybe get more information or plug in or, or have somebody talk to me some more about it. It's why we do this on these two Sundays. And then secondly, we have the service teams. Are you serving in the body at all? Are you growing in the body? Are you serving in the body? You'll see, I think, probably 20-ish service teams. There are others, people, things that people do around here, but those are places where you can sign up and get more information. You'll see this board out there and that board. These are uh, four of our service teams that I'm praying, and we've got Sharpies on both of those. I'm praying, and actually we had, I saw six or seven new uh, choir members up there this morning. I'm praying that in the next month or so we'll have 20 people that'll say, I'll join the choir. It's basically a one-hour commitment. They practice for about 45 minutes on Sunday afternoon, and they sing once a week, most of the time. Now, at certain Christmas or whatever, there might be some special things. It's about a one-hour commitment. I'd love to see, we had a great crowd here, I'd love to see about 20 more up there packing that out and singing uh, to the glory of God and, and being a blessing, using their voice together, serving together to bless hundreds of people every Sunday. Is that you? Maybe some of you can play an instrument. Right now we have, we have three or four instrumentalists that are a part of that. I'd love to see that grow to five or ten people playing. And maybe you, again, probably about a commitment of about an hour a week, hour or two a week. The nursery, we could use right now 10 more uh, um, uh, nursery workers. And Kids Point is the new Wednesday night children's program. Pastor Caleb, it's going to be a little more labor intensive with what we're doing. We could use about 10 more folks to jump in there. Now, there are other things. Just because it's not on this board doesn't mean we don't need help in other areas. But these are some where we could use, and maybe there's some out there that would say, and you'd come and sign your name today, or sign it out there tonight, maybe next Sunday. I'm willing to jump into that area. The, the, the body has some needs there so that we can operate in a more healthy way. And again, don't neglect the other ones because of these four, but, but, but challenging us to do those things. Why? Well, pastor, is this just some pyramid scheme? You're, you're a, sales, a commissioned salesman? You get more money every person that sings in the choir? Is that what it is? Absolutely not. I'm a shepherd. That I want to see people using their gifts for the glory of God and the edification of others. Because I know the joy that comes from serving. I know the joy that comes from using what you have for a cause bigger than yourself. 
I want to see you growing in God's word because I know the joy that comes when it really starts to impact your life and change your marriage and change your family. So I want you to be in church when the doors are open and I want you to come to a community group. Why? Because the bigger the attendance on Sunday night, some board somewhere, some denominational board, they send you an extra Christmas bonus based on your Sunday night attendances. 100% no. Has nothing to do with that. But I know what God did in my heart last Sunday night as Pastor Sammy preached when I came at 5 o'clock, and I, and, and I know that I, I want you to grow in those ways. So why do we step out? Just to challenge every one of us to answer that question. What kind of member are you? What kind of member are you? Healthy bodies. Healthy bodies grow together. They give together. They serve together. And they stay together. And Paul said, we're supposed to be members of Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.